can't relate or communicate with your teen? Welcome to Baffled with your hosts, Jason and Sam, who are here to help you understand your misunderstood teen. As teen educators and trainers, they understand what it is that is baffling you as a parent. Enjoy the show. And welcome back to Baffle. We are so glad you guys are joining us again here. And yes, Sherry is yeah. with us again. Like so do not worry, Sherry is here. All right, before we dive into our topic, which is going to be talking about like necessary disciplines for teens who cross the line on social media, or just overall discipline that way too. But let's get to that quote of the episode. And it says this, I think of discipline as the continual everyday process of helping a child learn self-discipline. And that is by your neighbor, Fred Rogers. Uh, let me Fred Rogers. Oh, yeah. And it just, I think of it because I coach. And so, um, you know, especially with kids' language attitudes, or if they're not, like, playing well together, even though they're teenagers, it's still like, like little children, you know, make them take a lap, right? That, like, it gets them away, but it also gets them in better shape. So it is self-discipline in that area, too. But we'll dive into kind of like the realistic side of that and deeper parenting side for you. That's just my fun coaching things. But to start off for both of y'all, um, is there ever kind of like a situation, was there a situation where you've disciplined your child uh, in the past that in the moment you had to discipline them, but now you look back at it, it was kind of funny. So you have like any funny, post-funny stories to have a disciplined situation with your child? Um, I think the one that comes to ten my, my ten uh, remembrance, I should say, is my son when he was younger. I, I can't remember how old he was, maybe three, four. He uh, took a pair of scissors and he cut his bangs. He cut a chunk of his bangs. And so, of course, when you saw him, it was very evident. And you're like, what did you do? And he's like, I cut my hair. And so um, I, I think we did uh, punish him. I think we did discipline at the time. Uh, and then my wife uh, was cleaning and under the couch was the clump of hair. So, <laughs> so he did it. He did the crime and tried to hide the evidence under under the couch. And so uh, we found it, and it, it, it was humorous at the time. And the now it was a hair raising oh. event. Oh, nice, oh, nicely right. done. Sure. So it was a hair raising event. And so now it's definitely something we look back and laugh. I was like, remember that time you cut your hair? So yeah, good times. Well, I love that you asked the question. Uh, it's funny because, yes, I, th I like to add humor pretty much to everything, but especially when it comes to discipline. Um, anything I can do to embarrass my child because of all the things he's done to embarrass me, I'm going to take it to the next level. And so, yes, I had a hard time with my son cleaning his room. Every time he walk into the room, there's just clothes everywhere, yep. all over the bed, all over the floor. And, I mean, I, there was only so many times that I was going to come in and say, clean your room. There was only so many times that I could say, you know, okay, th I'm taking this away from you, taking that away. And that, this time I was like, you know what? I'm taking it the next level this time. And so this, when this next time when I walked in the room, I told him that he needed to put on every piece of clothing that was either on the floor or on the bed, and he needed to wear it for at least half the day around the house. <laughs> and needless to say, um, his room was clean the next time. That's great. Did he look like the Michelin Man walking around like a little fat robot? Uh, boop, exactly. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> That's so funny. All right, so let's now, because you find the theme, we talked about it like kind of discipline, right? It's very, I mean, it's good. It helps, right? Again, we can cross the line with it or we can uh, like not even do it and then it causes problems. We see that a lot, unfortunately, in like our culture now and generations now to where like mm, kind of 
questionable new disciplines or undisciplines going out there. But we're going to kind of direct it now mainly towards like social media, right? Because we kind of talked about that last podcast. So Jason, what are some approaches of discipline actions for a teen who crosses the line on social media? The boundaries that you set and they cross those. What are some discipline things that you can do? Yeah, so I, as I was thinking about this earlier, um, my, my son, uh, he, when he was younger, he had a tablet. And uh, my, my wife actually walked in on him, and he was watching uh, some inappropriate videos. It was actually um, one of those GTA uh, uh, scenes with, with the prostitution and everything. And so he got caught red-handed, and we immediately uh, took the tablet away and, and did not give it back to him for a very long time. It was... Uh, he crossed the line with that, so he he lost that privilege because he couldn't be responsible with it. Um, another thing too is um, the phone is now the issue, and so um, the best uh, situation is when they cross the line or they break a rule with the phone, take the phone away. And so that that's something that of course will get their attention. If you can't be responsible with it, then you can't have the phone. Now of course this is always a um, a situation with. Um, you know, with parents, they like, oh, well, they need their phone when they go out or when they're at school. Um, so, yeah, if, if it's something in that situation, of course, only take it away when they don't need it. But when they do need it, um, there's, there's rules. It's like you can have the phone at school, but once you get home, the, the, the phone gets uh, taken away once again. So they can have it during this time frame, but then, of course, outside of that, when they don't need it, the phone is no longer in their possession. So that's one way. Of course, they can also uh, take away those apps, down, uh, delete those apps um, if they can't properly use Snapchat or whatever that app is. So I, I would say those are some good ways to handle that. Yeah, again, you pay for the phone. So you get yeah. to be in charge of that. And they, right. again, they lose their privileges. They lose their privileges. I know like you need them to contact them, but yeah, you can block the apps, parental controls on the phone. Uh, two are all great things there. So we talked about some ideas about how to like what approaches we can take to what actions we're going to do. But now, Sherry, uh, we're going to talk about how should a parent approach implementing this? Because we can have the ideas, but then we have to execute them too. So how would you implement and go about like expressing, hey, this is what's going to happen to those teens who cross those boundaries? Well, in my opinion, before boundaries are broken, they first need to be spoken. Meaning, as a parent, if you're going to have a boundary or an expectation for a teen, then you are expected to share it with them. Like, don't expect them to, like, read your mind or even guess, like, what line you're drawing in the the sand. Nor expect them to know that, as a teen, you should know when something is or isn't out of bounds. You need to have what I like to say in my house. We'd have a sit down. And as a parent, you need to sit down and draw the line with them. Like, explain the line, a.k.a. boundary. Seek clarifying questions, explain without content, of course, because remember, they are innocent, not guilty here until the boundary is broken. The consequence, if they choose to cross the boundary, not just set it for them, but are they in agreement and understanding of the expectation of that boundary? So for example, like, I, you know, if you're talking about, let's just say a line, that this is a line, this is how long the line is, this is the color of the line, and this is the end of the line if you choose to cross it. Again, I like to emphasize a lot, especially, you know, when I'm dealing with teens, that they always have a choice. And that either comes with a positive or negative consequence. And if you listen to the episode on bullying that we did a couple weeks ago, I said your response is your responsibility. Mm -hmm. So with that, 
as a parent, I think it is also my job to raise my teen and not just not necessarily always to like raise my voice to do it. So I could share with them if they break a boundary that was spoken, it's on them and it's really not on not on me to enforce it because you broke the boundary. I think saying uh, for me, I like when I was parenting my son, I like to attract more bees with honey than vinegar. So say what you mean, mean what you say, but don't say it mean. Mm. Ooh, that's a where to land the ship there. That's a beautiful phrase right there. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I, so and that's that's the thing. You guys, you know, it's the boundaries. We, uh, we as people in charge of teenagers or children or our own children, we are in control, right? And they reflect what we do. And so, again, setting those boundary lines first. Because when they know the boundary lines are there, they're going to, uh, some, you know, teenagers are always curious, thinking about teeter-totting around it, but they know those lines are there. And so there's going to be that conscience that's going to kick in at some point, right? Or they blow right by it, and then they learn. So a lot, of, I think a lot of it is, is, like, you put the ball in their court. Well, and right? I agree. Yeah. I think yeah. with that, I mean, again, if you've spoken the boundary and they know what it is, well, then they know that there's going to be a consequence when they cross it. And as a parent... You're going to enforce it. But I think that's part of, you know, where they learn discipline and where they learn self-discipline. And so just like a dog, you know, with shock collar. I mean, not that we want to put shock dollars, shock collars on our kids, although sometimes I think that would have been fun <laughs> to watch. I mean, that, that dog knows that when they get to that fence, you know, after being shocked so many times, he's not going to cross that line. And I think with the kids, your t- kids and teens, will maybe hopefully learn the same thing. Such a good example you just gave us, Sherry, there on that. So the last thing I want to ask you guys is when it comes to disciplining our teens and the people that even the kids that we work with and stuff like that, uh, what is one tip that you would give parents or youth workers when it comes to like putting out discipline, giving out discipline? You know, what pops in my mind is. Like, for instance, my son, he, he always wants to know the why behind everything. And so when there is a, a correction, a discipline, he's always questioning, why why is this? So I think it's very important that instead of just going with the, the route of because I said so, um, help them to to navigate through that, their, their choices and, and why they're getting the consequence that, that they're receiving. So I, I think that's very helpful is just explaining the reason why. And and just helping them to, to understand you can't do this because this, you know, this will affect this and there's there's consequences, there's ripple effects to your behavior. So giving them that why. I think also too, Sam, is when we uh, speak in the schools, you know, when we bring up any topic, like for instance, abstinence, you know, uh, and we talk about the whole waiting until marriage. Why? Why is the reason? You know, not just saying don't have sex, kids, but why? You know, why wait? Because there are benefits that there. You're also avoiding consequences that you know, un- teen pregnancy, STDs, or whatever that can affect your future and your goals and everything that you're striving for. So, bringing that why factor in is going to be very important in, in discipline. Um, I'm going to I'm gonna say I really love that because you know what? I think when, at least in my generation, being growing up, you were talked to, you weren't talked with. Mm-hmm. You know, it was that, you know, be, children were to be seen and not heard. Or, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I got that same, you know, well, that's that's because I said so. Mm-hmm. And then if I took it further, I also then saw the back of the hand. <laughs> and then that was all she wrote. And so for me, what I took away from that and also having worked in the industry of, of child care as well and working with kids, you know, what I – 
what I feel very strongly is, is that we're having a conversation. So if we're having a conversation about this and we're wanting to have correction, you know, we want them to go in a different direction. Discipline is not to degrade, it's to develop and build them up. And so we want them, you know, to go a different direction. We want a, um, a different course of action next time for them to take. So, you know, Talking to, talking with them and talking in a, in a manner that is appropriate. You're not talking over them. You're not talking to them. You're talking with them. But then also being, I think, really sensitive to them. And where is this conversation happening? The timing of the conversation is important as to when you're going to be heard and taken seriously. Particularly if you're working in a childcare setting, you're going to want to remove that difficult, um, if you're having a difficult teen at that time, you're going to want to remove them from that situation and any other, you know, distractions that are going to be around that are going to maybe like be adding to that environment and you're going to want to remove them and talk to them and, and get down to a level eye to eye um, keep the voice at a, a level that is respectful you know you are talking to another person and, and, and thinking in the end game and the end result what you want you know do you want them to learn something and do something different or, or are you just out to tear them down and so for me that's kind of really how I feel about it well you guys nailed that. Those are such good advice. Of one, just again communicating, right? We want to we want our teenagers to be good at communicating. We have to do that with them. So communicating the why, right? And then why you communicate the why? You never like we don't want to be disrespected. We don't want to be left out or brought down. Mm -hmm. So why would we do that to the people that we are raising or we are trying to develop into better humans? So communicating the why, but also you want to develop them. You don't want to bring them down. And I think that is such good points because again. Every moment's a teachable moment. If we teach them that like over-aggressive anger is okay in a situation where it's not required, then they're going to see that and do that themselves because we are what they look up to. As much as you like it or not, that's the situation you are in. Suckers, right? No. But, <laughs> but, that's, but that's, that's the calling that we have, and so we have to make sure that we are doing it right. And how good for us that we have to learn and keep our skills like sharp and everything like that. So really awesome stuff today. One of the things I, I like to say, too, is, you know, it's apparent how a parent parents just will look at their teen. Mm -hmm. Take a second for that to sink in. It's parent to parent. To pa yeah. Oh, cool. It's apparent how a parent parents their teen by looking at their teen. Nice. That's why she's the best, y'all. Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Baffled. Don't worry. Sherry's going to be with us one more time. Ooh. So let the anticipation build for that last one. We appreciate you guys. Have a good day. Thank you for listening to Baffled, helping you understand your misunderstood team. We hope you enjoyed the show today. For more inspiration and information, check out our website at m2l.org. Feel free to ask questions, call, or email us.